Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7, if you want to find it in your Bibles. Starting from chapter 2. Um, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of the Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, Every, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. So as we come to worship God through our carol service this afternoon, I want to pick up on some of the words that Laura has just read. You know, Isaiah spoke a prophetic message to Israel around 700 years before the birth of Christ. And here are four of the names that this promised Messiah would inherit. They're going to come up on the screen behind you, hopefully. We've got Wonderful Counselor. A wonderful Counselor who would possess perfect wisdom, who would reveal God's plan. And so let us approach him who is tender. We've got Mighty God. He would also be fully God and fully man. The fullness of God would dwell in him. So we can approach him who is sovereign. Everlasting Father. You know, this child would not only show the way to God the Father, but he himself would be a perfect reflection of God the Father. And so again, let let, let us approach him who looks like God and who is God and Prince of Peace. The coming of the Messiah would bring bring people to a, a place of peace with God through himself. And so let us approach him with joy. Lord God, we long for a light to guide us. We long for you, God, your joy in our lives. Lord, we long to be relieved of the burdens that we carry. And so to the wonderful counselor, to the mighty God, to the everlasting father and to the prince of peace, we now come this afternoon. He is named Emmanuel, God with us. And in this tiny baby and this vulnerable child, we come and we find our light. We come and find our joy. We come and find our comfort. The Lord has come. And the Lord is here today. And we have come to worship him. Amen. And we are going to have our second reading. Hannah's going to come up and bring it. It's going to be found in Matthew chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, feel free to open to Matthew 2. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
When King um, Herod heard that he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people's uh, um, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, um, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen um, when it rose, uh, sorry, went ahead of them until it um, stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herald, they returned to their country to another route. Um, amen. 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 Do you want to grab a seat? And Nick is going to come up and do our third reading. And after doing our third reading, he's going to present the first of two short talks. So Nick, over to you, brother. So our third reading is from Luke 2, verses 9 to 10. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I just bought a car this week. My first one is a little black golf, and you know I'm representing Volkswagen on my Christmas jumper and all. Uh, but it's something I've been waiting ages for, working towards, a lot of late nights searching, constantly refreshing, sending links to friends. Is this the right one? Is this the one I want to buy? But the fear has brought, a, there's been a lot of fear in the journey of find, and process of buying this car. Is it the right one? Is it actually going to work? Am I being to rip off? Am I going to get ripped off? Am I going to drive away and this is just going to stall and the whole thing is just going to stop? The fear inside of me was stripping away the potential joy of buying it. And this is what we see so often is that fear robs us of our joy. So what is this joy? Where do we find it? And what does it mean for us? Well, in both these readings we've just heard in Luke and Matthew, we get two very different groups of people and encounters, but one similar message, a message of joy. And for finding joy, we look to no further than these two accounts and what their primary message is, which is Jesus, as Jesus is ultimately our one true source of joy. In Matthew, we see the Magi and the account of them, and these Magi would have been well-respected, intelligent group of men, well-esteemed and distinguished and wealthy, yet we see that they got up and began following a star that they saw in the sky, traveling far from the east. They did not know where they were going or what this person was that they were going to see, but they saw the light and they got up and they went. And when they saw the star had stopped after their journey and they found the one they were looking for, King Jesus, the Messiah, Savior of the world, the one who'd been promised for thousands of years beforehand, as we read in Isaiah, it all became worth it and they fell down on their knees and they worshiped him. And can you imagine this group of high-ranking, intelligent people traveling for months on end, falling at their knees to worship a baby? It's an incredible sight to think of. 
But the truth is that reaching their final destination, finding Jesus did not come without his hard times, as finding joy often means enduring hardship. They endured hard days and cold nights, and this wouldn't have just been a short journey, but months and months of end, traveling, not knowing when it would end and when they would reach their destination. But as well on this journey of the unknown, they encountered deceit and deception. Through Herod, he sought to trick them, take advantage of their weary legs after a long journey in the wilderness and lead them astray as to why they'd been called up to get up and go. You see, in the hard times that these magi endured, they chose to walk faithfully and trust even when they could not see, even when they did not know where they were going. Rather, they get, they did not, rather than give in to deceit and deception, they sought to pull away them, that sought to pull them away. They walked obediently in their hardships and unknown. Rather than putting their trust in the leaders to where to go, they trusted in what they had seen and heard. And after they endured the tough times, remaining faithful on the other side, when they found where he was leading them, they fell down on their knees and they worshiped. Their response was worship because they had found true joy. They had found Jesus. And it is the same with the great, this great story of the shepherds that was just read to us. Upon hearing the good news, they go see, they find, and their response is worship. They return glorifying and praising God for the things they had seen and for the things that they had heard. You see, for both these groups, the Magi and the shepherds, both their external circumstances hadn't changed. The Magi were rich and intelligent, well off, and the shepherds were poor, lower class members of society out in the fields. But internally, circumstances became the same as their hearts had been radically transformed by encountering Jesus. The amazing thing is that these true groups of people were so different from one another from a worldly perspective, but Jesus sees them the same and they equally receive the same joy from knowing him. And for us as followers of Jesus, we will endure hardships. Even though our external circumstances may not have changed, internally we have. When we endure these hardships, James calls us to consider it pure joy as it leads to a perseverance in our faith. And I don't know about you, when you're on a journey not knowing what's going on, you're questioning things, I find it so hard to consider it pure joy. But one of the greatest joys of being a follower of Jesus is looking back on the hard times, reflecting on them. You can see how God was leading you, see where he was working even when you couldn't see it. And this is what leads to a deepening of your joy in him. It changes you from the inside out. And I don't know what you may be going through at the moment, whether you follow Jesus or not. For a lot of us, we're not looking forward to Christmas this year. Many of us, maybe we are, but maybe you're not getting to see family and friends, travel back home, the sense that Christmas just won't be the same this year, but we can learn from the Magi. Because when it feels like you're on this journey, the days are long and the, the nights are cold and you're living out in the darkness and you're asking all these questions like, God, what are you doing? Where are you leading me? Why do I feel like this? And ultimately, when is this going to end? All you have is this darkness and this one light guiding you. It can be so easy for us to lose trust, to lose hope, to lose heart. It can be so easy for us to turn to the things of this world and search for the relief in the wrong places, drunkenness, one night stands, things we were told by the world that will bring us satisfaction and happiness, but never truly do. Numbing the pain we're experiencing with temporary things, being dragged away by deceit that we see and inherit. But the true reality is that rather you can find joy in a savior who offers forgiveness and hope, not just happiness, not just something temporary, but eternal, everlasting joy. And his name is Jesus. So like the Magi, we can persevere because the joy of following Jesus never leaves. We always have it. 
and nothing and no one can ever steal it from us. The Magi could have so easily given up. The shepherds could have so easily run away and found happiness somewhere else, but instead they persevered, found eternal joy in the midst of a messy, crowded barn out of all places. This Christmas season, whatever life may look like for you, persevere through the hard times. Trust in him. Worship. Fill your hearts with joy by filling your hearts with Jesus because true joy is found in him, not fear. Choose it, even if it means enduring the hardships because eternal joy awaits. Amen, amen. Thank you, Nick. Well, so that's part one of two, and uh, it is deeply encouraging to hear, uh, to, to hear Nick, because what Nick has got in him is, is this deep joy that the Magi and what the shepherds have found in Christ, and I know many of you have that deep joy as well. And so what we've come to see is that at the appearing of Christ, uh, uh, God incarnate being born um, in, a, in a manger. The birth of God incarnate has brought great joy. But along with that, we can see that there, there's hardships that people have had to face on the journey toward that great joy. And, uh, and the call to persevere, because the, the, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And so in the passages that, uh, that we read, as Nick has so helpfully shared, the, the shepherds were the first to encounter them. And the shepherds' fear turned to joy. Because the shepherds are out in their fields at night, heavenly host appears, they're terrified, I, I, I would be terrified, but their, their fear turns to joy, and then again, sometime later, the Magi encounters Jesus, and they too choose joy over fear. The Magi could have been beheaded by Herod, who knows, on the way back, but instead they decide to go the other route back. And if you were here a fortnight ago, uh, Noel, or, well, as a guest speaker, and, and Noel was saying that... The Christmas story doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in real life, and it's messy. And often the Christmas story is not as sanitized and as beautiful as it looks in the Christmas cards. And so we've got this wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, as Laura read at the start. Here, now, born in a side room, laid in a manger, wrapped in cloths, and he was the fulfillment of God's promises to his people over the ages, the Savior is here. And as Nick was saying, the Savior is here, but the external circumstances still remained as they were. The shepherds were still shepherds. They're still lowly. Remember Nick was saying, still, still despised. The Magi were still under threat from Herod. They had to take the other route home. What about Mary? We haven't mentioned her yet. Mary, no doubt, would have had the side glances in the street. Yeah, right, you're, you're, you're still a virgin. Yeah, sure, the Holy Spirit's the Father. Immaculate conception, you've got to be kidding me. And maybe Joseph on the other side, Joseph will still have had to explain what has happened. Listen, it wasn't me, I'm engaged to be married to Mary, but it wasn't me, I, I, I didn't have sex with her. Honestly, it's, it's God. It takes nine months to grow a baby. I wonder what them nine months would have been like. The reality of the world around each of these actors or characters all remained unchanged. But the only one thing that has changed as a baby came into this world is this, the word Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel means God with us. At this point now, God was with us. God entered into humanity's brokenness. God took on human flesh. God became one of us. He came to be with us. He came to save us from our sin. He came to enter into our world to be a light in the darkness. You know, if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I want to say that Christianity is the only religion where you will find God becoming one of us. It is the greatest step you will ever have heard of. Leaving the glory of heaven, becoming vulnerable, entering into our mess, entering into our brokenness, completely at the mercy of mankind. Here was God incarnate as a little baby who needed his nappy changed. God incarnate a little baby who couldn't fend for himself. Jesus, who is God incarnate, came to be with us, but more than that, he came to save us. And you know, he didn't come to save us through military might. He didn't come to save us by overthrowing the powers that be. He didn't come to save us by popular vote. Rather, he came to save us by sacrifice. And so at Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus' birth, and, and rightly so, the joy of God becoming man. And yet, a few months later, we were going to celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. And it might sound crazy chatting about Easter time at Christmas. Math, we haven't even got New Year's Eve over with. But the reality is that we cannot be separating Christmas and Easter all that much. And I'll tell you why. Because the joy of God with us at Christmas is realized in God for us at Easter. So Emmanuel is God with us. But at Easter we see God for us. You know, the Christian faith is birthed upon the outworking of this truth. I want you to listen to this truth. Some of you have heard it before. Some of you have, have read this in the Bible. Some of you have never heard it. Listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, at Calvary, around the age of 33, Jesus was crucified for the sin of all mankind. Jesus paid the debt of sin that we owed. He was punished for our sin, that we could be restored back to relationship with God the Father. You know, later on in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, says, and it's on the screen behind, um, it says, well, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That's class. But listen to these words. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? It says, for the joy set before him. So for this joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He scorned the shame, meaning he, he rose again, and he seated at the right hand of God the Father. But what was the joy set before him? The joy set before him was an opportunity for you and I to enter into a life-giving relationship with God the Father through him. So not only can we bring Jesus joy this Christmas, but he can bring us a deep, satisfying joy. Not because we've got the ideal circumstances. Nick was sharing that the, the Magi and the shepherds' circumstances still remained the same. Inwardly, their hearts were changed, but externally, their circumstances remained the same. So Jesus can bring us this deep, satisfying joy this Christmas 
but not because we've got the ideal circumstances, and not because it's better than last Christmas, not because we're out of level five lockdown and COVID's gone, and it's not because there's always someone worse off. And the reality is there, there probably is someone worse off. But Jesus can bring us deep satisfying joy because in the hope that we have in him, we know that this is not the end. This is not the best it gets. The joy of God with us is realized in God for us. I know what the Son of God came and became man or entered into mankind, that mankind may go to be where God is. And becoming man, he entered into our brokenness. And you know, in, in, in our brokenness, as Jesus enters in, Jesus can also say, me too. Jesus can also say, yeah, I, I know what that's like. He can empathize with us in our weakness. He says, the son of man, so Jesus had, had nowhere to lay his head. He traveled and he didn't have a home. He was put up in other people's homes. He was in temporary accommodation. The son of man was rejected by many. People laughed at him, people mocked him, people scorned him. I tell you this, church, Jesus can sympathize with us in our weakness and in our vulnerability. And I want to tell you, an eternity awaits, an eternal joy. And in the brokenness of the here and now, he promises to be with us because this is not the best it gets. But there is an eternity that awaits for those who receive him. So the question is, what's holding you back? What's holding you back from receiving him? What's holding you back from the joy that he brings? You know, maybe it's a fear of what others might think. You know, whenever, they, whenever the angel appeared to Mary, the angel said, fear not. Whenever the, 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 um, the chorus of angels or the choir of angels appeared to the shepherds, do not fear, I bring you good news that's going to bring you great joy. Appeared to Joseph in a dream, don't fear. Our, uh, our, our natural instinct is to fear. So what's holding you back from receiving them? Is it a fear maybe of what others think? Maybe it's a fear of the unknown. You're not sure what lies ahead. Perhaps you've been bruised and hurt by the year that's been. Perhaps you've lost your job. Perhaps 2022 hasn't panned out the way you'd intended. Perhaps your New Year's resolutions and this is gonna be the best year yet on the 1st of January hasn't really come to pass. Or maybe it's something that's too painful to let go of. You know, as we sing our final two carols, I'd, I'd love to invite the band back up. As we sing our final two carols, we're going to get an opportunity to respond. You know, it's not going to be an opportunity that you have to come up to the front. You're not going to have to raise your hands. You're, you know, you're not going to have to say or do anything in public. But what we're going to do is we are going to get all our candles lit so as we sing these two songs, it'd be good for you to, to lift the candle and hold it in the hand. And, and we're all going to stand, and there's going to be guys coming up, and they are going to light the candle, and you're going to light yours, and then you're going to light the person's candle beside you. And by the end of it, we're all going to have lit candles. So will, will you stand with me, and will you, will you get your candles? And as we worship God together through the last couple of carols, why not use this opportunity to meet with God in prayer? Uh, Alana, can I get you to go up and turn the lights off, please? The lights are up there. You may get it wrong. That's fine. Just keep, hitting, just keep flicking switches until the place is in darkness. And while the place is in darkness, it would be great if you all remained in your seats, kept hands and feet inside at all times.
But as, as the candles are lit, as the candles get lit, why not use this as an opportunity to meet with God? Why not use this as an opportunity to pray? Maybe you haven't prayed in a while. Maybe as, as Nick was saying, you're the, um, the, the, the need to endure and, and to persevere in hard times, maybe that resonates with you. Or maybe it's the fear of Mary and the, and the fear that the, that the shepherds uh, first had. Maybe that fear is overwhelming. Why not allow this time uh, to, for you to come to God, for him to take away that fear to bring about a great joy Because what we find is the story doesn't finish with fear. Mary obeys. The shepherds go and see. The Magi, a couple of years later, set out and go to find the baby who was born King of Kings. The fear subsides. And whenever they encounter Jesus, the King of Kings, all fear is gone and nothing remains but worship. Jesus, let every heart prepare you room. Lord, as we, as we stand here, we're aware that we've got a candle in hand and we've got a little light. But along with that, Father, we thank you that we have access to you. We've got a direct link. And it's through the Son, Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you that as you look at us, you see the little light And Lord, as you look at us, you see a people that you long to, um, to be with. And Jesus, I thank you that you, um, you bring us joy, but I thank you, Lord, that we can also bring you joy. And Lord, I thank you that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. But the beauty is, Father, that uh, your son Jesus did not remain there, but on the third day he rose again. And because of that, we have great hope and we have great joy. And that is, the, that is the joy of the Christian faith that we have. And so, Father, for those of us who do not feel like we have the Christmas spirit and who, whose circumstances are not all that favorable at Christmas time, Lord, I pray you would meet with us. You'd meet with us here right now. And I pray, Lord, that as you meet with us, would you transform us from the inside out that even if our external circumstances don't change all that quickly, that we would find in you a deep, satisfying joy, one that the world cannot offer. So Lord, we thank you for the year that's been tough as it was for many, good as it was for others. And we surrender to you our 2023, and we, we choose to say we're entering into 2023 with you at the fore, with you behind us, with you beside us. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen.